And we are live. What's going on, everyone? This is Nick and Derek versus the Apocalypse. Episode... Episode 8. And... Yeah. Little did you know, we've been at this eight... Eight episodes. Yeah. Seems like forever. We I think we started this in December. Yeah. You said uh, around Christmas time? Yeah. And since then, we've kind of changed things up. I think we're, we're still Nick and Derek versus the Apocalypse, but... I think you, you wanted to get on a different kind of string of things. I think get away from the apocalypse thing and just talk about things more in general, didn't you? Yeah. Well, I mean, I, th- I think uh, we started the podcast during what felt like some pretty trying times. Still is. Well, still is. Yeah, for sure. But it, was, it, it almost was hitting close to home Yeah. Um, with like work-specific issues and stuff like that so it really felt like when we would have conversations at work nick and derek versus like the fall of man because you're you know you're having a conversation you and i are talking about something at work and it's like is this even a thing like why are we even having this conversation because it's like dumbfounding that any of what we're talking about have even been made or have been made to be issues at all yeah um and, and so I think, like, it, it feels, and although you can kind of metaphorically apply kind of the apocalypse uh, to many facets and kind of manipulate it to fit lots of different topics, yeah. um, I think anyways, like, it can kind of be a play on words a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I know we've had episodes that don't particularly have anything to do with survival and political issues and like we've had a lot of other miscellaneous conversations sprinkled in there as well i mean and that's intentionally on purpose because i don't care for like totally scripted yeah completely scripted of it has to stick within these these realms so i just let we just let it go wherever our natural conversations go totally so that's just what happens and people just they tune in or they don't well, I got I got a, a couple things that you and I actually have not discussed prior to the podcast that I'm going to share with you. We just you all you're coming off of like a two hour rant about where I am. Is this I, yeah? Prior to like record, <laughs> I did just go on a rant for two hours about my current work situation that's been super frustrating. Um, so we talked about that, but this next comment I'm gonna comment slash question. I'm going to ask right. unknowingly to you what it's going to be because I have not asked you this yet. Okay. Are you a fan of Crocs? No. Do you have a pair of Crocs? I do not. Because the first thing that you said to me when I opened the door... <laughs> I made fun of your Crocs. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Crocs. I was exposed to Crocs at when at my second job... They started becoming pretty popular. I was working in the footwear department, yeah. and it was like the hottest ticket item that we dude rubber rubber we had. clogs, dude. Man. Out of all the things, I didn't even think they were so popular. But these these rubber foam clogs. clog looking things were just <laughs> flying off the shelf because we would get tons and tons of boxes sent from shipment. Our dis- our distribution for sport. Uh, what was it? I was working with. Di- uh, Dicks, uh, Sports Authority in Fresno. 
at the time. Oh, dude, old school. The old school. The the actually the sports story took over Sports Mart's location. The one next to was the Sprouts and that, okay. that North Fresno location. So they're like, this like one sporting good company is like, oh, we can't have a competitor across the street. We'll buy them out. So it was, I worked at the the second chain that got bought out, and I started in winter sports department. And naturally, that's a seasonal job, but I did such a good job kind of working there. Even though they didn't have hours, they kept me around just because I worked hard. I was young. Influential. can probably be paid for $7 an hour at the time. And yeah, trying to keep hours going and just trying to keep employed and still getting like paper checks for us paycheck every two weeks. And yeah, I put out all I was do was just paid to organize the footwear aisles people fucking trash it every single time because we had the style of footwear department where the boxes are on the shelves for people mm-hmm. to grab and it drove me crazy this women is, hey, this box is over here now this women are the worst here. at this they'll take every single shoe that they want to try on and just rip apart that little shoe in toe insert to keep it the shape and just mix match everything in the boxes and try every single one guys we're very specific on what we want and not kind of how our brains work so when we go shopping it's usually in and out because we already thought about what we what we need before we get there we do very little window shopping um so well, the guys would tear it up but it would be a little bit a smaller mess yeah. women would just like every fucking shoe yeah and well, try on every one so that was my job, just organize the sh- rows. I'd clean rows, go to the next row, come back, trash again. That was yeah. a little frustrating, oh, yeah. but whatever. Yeah. Well, um, to your to your comment. But we put out, we sold a lot of Crocs. And then yeah. I was like, how's this a fad? I was always, <laughs> I'm like, these things, to me, look ugly. They, dude, they're so, they are so <laughs> ugly. But everyone swears about how comfortable they are. And like, okay, not what's funny, though, is if you walk through the store now, any store, you go through Target, right? Mm-hmm. I would say that there's probably... Maybe this is a little high, but there's probably thirty percent of people that have Crocs on. Oh, I don't. So, doubt so, it. so they were popular, and then I don't really feel like people wore them for a while. They still, you know, people still bought them, but like it wasn't as like it died popular. off a little bit. And dude, hey, it made like a wave. wildfire. <laughs> Woof! Now everyone's wearing. I Crocs. think what they did was they changed their their styles. My wife has a pile over there, and they're they're all like the little flip flop. Well, they style. make they make like they're not the clogs, but the anymore. clogs is what I'm talking about. Because right? I was making fun of her. I was, I think I was, I was joking with her. I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm like, babe, I'm glad you're not a Crocs fan, because that shoe style's hideous. And, I know what I'm and then she's like, you know, I'm wearing it right now. <laughs> and she's like, you know, I'm wearing right now on my feet, right? You're like, what? I'm like, is that foam shoe Crocs? I'm like, yes. <laughs> and if you actually look at all my shoes, they're all Crocs. I was like, you don't have the clogs though. She doesn't like that. She, she doesn't have. The single, the one you're dude. I, I'm buying you a set for Christmas, dude. All right, and you're gonna wear them, whether you like it or not. My youngest brother and his his girlfriend always dude, joke. It's like you have to get a pair and you have to wear it. Like she was educating me on the different 
modes of like how Dude, you wear sport you're mode, like yeah hey, sport mode you four wheel relaxed hey, was it uh, sport mode and four wheel drive four wheel drive sport mode and four wheel drive <laughs> dude i saw you know, like it's, I, it's the difference of wearing like where the strap yeah, is on yeah, the arch yeah. so i so i currently i currently got them in sport mode you have them in sport right? mode <laughs> so i can slide in and out yeah so i can just slide them babies in dude i'll never forget i saw the most hilarious video of it was like on instagram or whatever and it's like this guy and he all the video is like taken down of his feet it's like super snowy outside and so he's walking up to these like looks like stairs to go down and they're a little slippery right yeah and uh and mind you the snow's super white and he has these like bright yellow crocs on right mm-hmm. and you kind of hear him slip a little bit and he goes whoa I better put these in four-wheel drive. So he, so he literally takes his foot out, and, he, and with his foot, he, like, flicks the strap back, and he, like, yeah, slides his slides foot back, back in, in and slides it back in. It's like, whoa, I better put these in four-wheel drive. Yeah. The four-wheel drive won't is not the cure to save you, because my brother, last time him and I went rock climbing... Did he wear Crocs? He was wearing Crocs yes. in the snow. Not like it wasn't, like, excessive snow, but we were, like... I finally... It was, like... Probably about a month and a half ago, so I was like, I was waiting. Just I've been accumulating all this rock climbing gear for like a year, and I got some more stuff. And I'm like, it needs to hurry up and be fucking summery right now, and because I'm not gonna climb on wet rock. And sure enough, it was like a nice weekend. It had been sunny, but it just like rained a couple days prior, and I forgot about that. So when we went up to Shaver and we got altitude, there was like light little patches of of snow trail but for the most part not really anything to worry about we went rock climbing and we were on the trail down this was a pretty steep climb like when we where we i parked the truck at the bottom of the little the trailhead where we were climbing was only i clocked it on my watch a quarter mile but we climbed up 500 feet so it's a that if you pretty steep. did a degree climb that's a more about a 45 degree so, so for every step up, you're going another step up in elevation for every forward, forward movement. So when we're coming down, he was wearing his Crocs in sport mode, and he hit like a little ice patch because it was starting to get later in the afternoon, and that little light kind of snowpack was gone, and it went slip, and he's doing this little, this, I'm, I'm, I'm mimicking the motion. I don't, I don't even don't have this, a camera, but he's going back and forth swing. <laughs> he has a, he has one of our chairs on his chest, and he has a backpack full of rope, and I have more gear too that we we're climbing. And he's just back and forth like, like there's like a, a monkey with his feet all wide running down this hill. I'm laughing, and I thought he was gonna be able to stop and like save it. And at a certain point, he stopped laughing because <laughs> he's going down, and he just. Like a Looney Tunes commercial, he gets up to like this little, uh, the trail goes over a hill. He leaps over the lip of like the where the trail is and it goes down on the side of the hill and he just plows right into a tree and all I hear is a little thud from everything that just hit. And he did like Looney Tunes like kind of sideways, hands and feet like... Wiley Coyote just hitting a brick wall. <laughs> uh, I think what knocked was he was whole carrying his little weed vape pen, and it hit the tree and it went flying in the air. And it just, I, I ran down to help him. I dragged him, and once he was like, oh, and I realized too, he's like, okay, he's not hurt. I don't have to give him medical treatment or nothing. And I just continued laughing in his face for a minute. Yeah. 
I was like, dude, so, why are you wearing Crocs? Well, <laughs> I, I don't think wearing Crocs to go hike or uh, hiking to go climbing is the best use of them. No. Uh, so, so that they made, I will they say, made sense while we were climbing, right? Because I wouldn't wear them hiking up the hill, but yeah. when you're in and out of climbing shoes. I wear flip flops when I'm yeah, at the just rock phase. Some you can throw your foot and in, just or whatever, because you're right? changing shoes so often. So yeah. it's just kind of more beneficial to just kind of be. But to like wear them to hike up such a steep elevation <laughs> and down, and it's wet and muddy and <clears throat> snowy yeah, for sure. simultaneously. Four wheel. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Whoa! I better put these in four wheel drive. Just like the. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> that was how that ended. Well, what did uh, you, when you opened the door, what did you see that was specific about my Crocs? Your little gummy bear attachment. <laughs> <laughs> That's what draw, drew it. I would have not paid attention. I was like looking, I don't know why I was looking down. I'm like, oh, I have dogs. Yeah. So I'm expecting them to like run through. So my eyes were naturally down. Yeah. So then your comment was Crocs with a gummy bear? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I made a point. Hey, so, so true story. So I made a point. I was walking through Target one day uh-huh. and I literally saw a guy walking the opposite way. I didn't have Crocs on, like, mom at home, whatever. And he was walking the opposite way and he had white Crocs on, which already is bad. Mm-hmm. I'm not a white Croc guy, but... He had white Crocs on, doing his thing, and he had a single red gummy bear stuck to the side. And I went, I gotta have that. I gotta do that. Is it a real gummy bear or is it? No. No, it's not a real gummy bear. I was like, it's impressive. He stuck like super glued a real gummy bear. So so I I basically did the Napoleon Dynamite, like, I want that, I want that. And and I made a point, like on my Christmas list, because we use an app that you can like upload links to like your Christmas presents that you want on your list. Yeah, people can buy it right then and there, and uh, and like buy it and check off purchased or whatever. Yeah, and multiple people can follow it. So I made a point to put on there a link to the red gummy bear to put on my Crocs, and I've got it. Gummy I've bear. now someone. So I got one from it's someone, character. and I got a second one with the gummy bear. So now I have two gummy bears, and I have two pairs of Crocs, which worked out perfectly. I have this regular pair, and then I have the lined pair that has like the insulation in it. Yeah, and that has you know it's got the wool in it or whatever. And so both I pairs, got the dog in. <laughs> both pairs have a red gummy bear on the shoe. And then I was wearing my insulated ones at home earlier, and I told my wife I was like, "Hey, look at this!" And when we were um, when we were at the beach one of the last times. My mother-in-law actually had handed me, like, hey, I found this. And it was a little avocado uh-huh. charm on So for, for your Crocs. So I have a gummy bear on one shoe. A and I have a little charm on there? No, it's not a keychain. They pop in to the holes. Yeah. And uh, so then I have an avocado on the other one. So My brother's got, like, a little three-dimensional, like, that those little sticker pineapples on his. Yeah. <laughs> and they make, like, a million different ones you can stickies, put on. Yeah. And, like, they're, they're silly, whatever. Anyways, so I'm a Croc fan. Just throwing it out there. I'm, I'm um, not. You're not. Been. You're not. I yet. just probably just hey, messed up my no, no, no. whole Christmas no, present. No, no. You're not yet. <laughs> see, see, I got you, boo. Uh, so I want. I want to lead with that. 
right. for those of you that for those of you guys listening, uh, my dogs are in the house. And for those of you listening, leave us a comment on no platform on whether or not you're Croc fans. <laughs> uh, the, the site is currently not up. There's a, so in the event there is an email that you hey, can get out, hey, reach in, out to. In the event that you could leave a comment, please comment on whether or not you, you are they for can. or against Crocs. Yeah, for you guys listening, yeah, bring, uh, give us your comments at Nick and Derek versus the Apocalypse at, at gmail dot com, and I'll all be spelled my, out. Yeah, all lowercase, just nice and tight, nice. Really ridiculous, stupid email address, but I needed to make it work. <laughs> that is Nick and Derek versus the apocalypse. Spell it out, lowercase, all one word. And versus, versus is BS though. Yeah, versus. Yeah, versus the apocalypse. BS. And yeah, that's our that's our email. That's the only way to get a hold of us. Yeah, hit us up. Yeah, hit us up and let us know if you're Croc fans. Yeah, if I'm wrong. Yeah. So I'm I, about to feel I, like I, I, I'm I about to find out. I have now. a feeling that you are in the minority here, my friend. Okay. okay. <laughs> I am because I know because from experience working at this shop, I thought yeah. people like Crocs, dude. Do we like it out of ten boxes? Six of them are Crocs, and somehow we go through all of them, and then another, like yeah. no one buys any other yeah. shoe. See, it's just like how are we? I we used to have those little stanchions of them. I just throw them on there. We were like, how is there any room? Yeah. I don't see people walking away with these things, but I keep filling up the stanchions. So obviously, there's something happening. Behind closed doors that I'm not seeing visually when I'm there, because the I like never ninjas. sold a pair of Crocs they're in like, my life. Hey, they're like ninjas. I'm so they come in, I, I was that was the one thing I tried not to sell. Like yeah. I was, I'm like I'm, I could try to sell women's running shoes, I'll try to make up, uh, bullshit my way through that conversation. But Crocs, I'd be like, yeah, there's, there's the pink one, there's the blue one. There you go, have at it. <laughs> Man, you're missing out, dude. Yeah. So we'll get you there. It's all yeah. good. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and I do, and I do have to say, uh, which I did tell you this beforehand. Yeah, that I felt like the last probably month solid has been kind of anti apocalypse. Well, I've been in the same Me- boat. Meaning, had- yeah, meaning like I have actually knowing that some of the initial kind of reasoning behind the podcast was like based on those conversations we were having yeah. about politics, about whatever was going on. kind of, We were just going to go rogue and just live yeah. our life. Yeah. It turns out living our life, we just stopped caring about the, what the rest yeah. of the world yeah. was doing. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> right? so, so then I've found, though, over the last few weeks, in, in what I think was vague or kind of a little bit mentioned on the previous episode about crypto and about how, like... I know it came up about wanting to like work for myself as a contractor and things like that. Like I've just found myself being pretty like <clears throat> inspired, I guess, and, and motivated to want to like yeah. to really dive into that because mm-hmm. I do genuinely aspire to whether it's whether it's six months from now or whether it's two years from now. Like I do genuinely aspire to uh, to you know to be a general contractor and <clears throat> work for myself and really kind of take the norm of construction out of construction and, and execute at a really high level, whether that's in the little things or the big things. I digress. I've been listening, though, regardless to um, an episode or episodes, rather, of a podcast that I've really grown to, like, appreciate and admire called The Modern Craftsman. I've, it's a good listen. I should I, recommend I've, I've binged. I've binged. 
uh, probably 30 episodes. And I've, I've known of it for a few years because they've done 200 plus episodes. And I listened a little bit up front, didn't listen for a long time, and have kind of come back in this kind of new kind of transition and mindset and things that I'm kind of processing and working through. I've listened to that basically nonstop for about three weeks. I mean, yeah. every drive to from work because I have a little bit of a commute. Um, Modern Craftsman. I'm sitting in my truck for any reason. Modern Craftsman. Uh, with the occasional sprinkle of some other couple, a couple smaller podcasts I've, I've found that are still kind of construction related. Yeah. And dude, I've just been like pumped about it because, and, and not that I want to make it about what I've been listening to as much as just saying, what a nice break though. And I just told my wife before I came over here that it's like exhausting when you're, because I spent, dude, like, in the way that I've kind of spent the last few weeks, I spent that amount of time and then some listening to all the politics, listening to all the drama, listening and being like getting super frustrated by the clown show, right? Like, yeah. And, and going, what are we doing here? Like just feeling like everything is so upside down and me not really feeling like I aligned or I'm aligned with any of that. Yeah. And and so for me, truthfully, it has been a, like an unintentionally like nice break yeah. to like not being or not feeling so angry all the time. Yeah. And not feeling so not frustrated. Getting caught in the not getting caught in the like zeitgeist of like, yeah. the world. Because it's super easy, right? Like I just talked to my father in law the other day when we were driving to the store to pick up some some lumber for a project I'm working on. And one thing came up and it was like Snowball. Boom. Now we're talking about politics, right? For 30 minutes and talking about this and that. And we don't like this. And this is stupid. And I can't believe that happened. And like, it just is like a fire starter. Poof. Yeah. And now I'm upset. Now I'm frustrated. Now I'm going, you know, now I'm right back in that feeling like at the end of the day, what are we doing? Like, it's a waste of time. Like not, not wait, you know, like listening to that information. Cause it's helpful. Cause there's a devil's advocate, yeah. right? I don't want to not listen to it and, and be not a, know what's and going be on. oblivious and have some sort of pulse on like the state of our country, right? Like yeah. that is important to me. Um, I stand for pretty specific like values. Mm -hmm. And so I want to I want to be able to have an idea of where where that's playing out, yeah. you know, with other people that may feel the same way. Um, which admittedly is is conservative, right? Yeah. <clears throat> Generally speaking, so I don't want to not listen because I do also really enjoy it. But I think it's been a pretty unintentional and like nice mental break to not be just saturated with with negativity and like frustration and like it really makes me get like angry. I'll talk to my wife at home and like I'm like. Pumped up, Get pumped up, and frustrated, fired right? About something you were listening to, and I'm not going to comply, and I'm not this, and I'm not that, and like, you don't. There's a lot of truth in those statements, but if you take a little bit of a step back, and you go, <sighs> okay, I was a little hot. <laughs> okay, I might have been a little excessive there, you know. <clears throat> so for me, you know, I don't have a lot to share per se. If we were to talk about like, hey, what have you been listening to, or like. You know, what are you feeling about stuff that's going on? Like, to be honest with you, in the last couple of weeks, couldn't tell you what's going on because I really have not paid a lick of attention and I think it's been good for me. So it's good. It's good.
Yeah. I can't, well, I think we, like... I mean, we talked offline, right? We, I like, think we both did that at the exact same time, like, unintentionally. Yeah. It literally... I don't... I think we're... We kind of just did the exact exact same thing and just our own yeah, path on it. Where, yeah. like, you started doing more diving into feeding your mind and stuff with more modern craftsmen and entrepreneurial stuff. I did the exact same stuff, but it was, for me, it was, it's been just completely obsessed with like this whole crypto technology and just learning as much as I can about it. And like, it's fucking fascinating and trying mm-hmm. to sink my teeth into it has been really, really a lot more fun with my mind of trying to get just by day by day is, is uh speaking of crypto again just for a second i'm yeah. just thinking about this right now so and i'm going to lead with like an example and and apply the kind of principle so okay. like my wife and i will have conversations you know about like us and you know she really enjoys which like you know i appreciate that she enjoys kind of the financials of our of our life and of our you know our expenses and stuff like that yeah um and so she's a nurse but over here really enjoys you know like the numbers and 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 the and the accounts and she like enjoys that so i've had conversations with her over the years um of like hey would you ever like getting into that knowing that there's some struggle here in, in nursing, mm-hmm. right? And although that's been significantly reduced over time, that there's still a small portion of our life that that is structured around we know we have that income, right? Yeah. <clears throat> and so like I've asked her, have you ever thought about wanting to be an accountant or wanting to be kind of in somebody's financials because you enjoy doing ours so much. I say so much, maybe it's not quite that extreme, but like, you know, she, she enjoys talking about it. And when her and I have a conversation about our money, like I think she appreciates that from me Yeah. because I know that she generally finds some kind of geeking out opportunity in that a little bit, Yeah. which I think is awesome. So like same, I guess, to you in going like you are kind of in construction by trade. Yeah. But knowing that this is really fascinating over here, which doesn't mean you have to do it for a living to, to, to reap the benefits. Yeah. But being that you've expressed a bunch of times when we talk back and forth, you know, offline, you know, during the week or whatever, like, have you ever thought about possibly pursuing kind of an opportunity or career path like within crypto mm-hmm. and like that space kind of I think I financial myself, sector but it's kind of maybe more crypto specific I think I caught myself like once maybe twice looking looking online at these like sites to see like what job openings they, they have within these companies and where I might fit in and I think where I, I stopped looking at it was most of the openings at the sites I was looking at was come from a computer mm-hmm. science background and me not having and like zero degree, like degree zero experience in the coding <clears throat> elements of it that's where it lost me I was like like this 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 the culture of it and the application and getting like society back behind it 
fascinates me, but actually like what it would take to actually build it and get a, a, like a, a job actually doing the programming stuff of it, that's way beyond me. But there's all kinds of jobs where, I mean, <coughs> marketing and stuff like that, I'm sure as it gets more popular, I'm sure there'll be more of a demand for it. Yeah. Um, I it, Because it's so new... It's hard to it's hard to say like where's the jumping off point to it because everyone that seems to know anything about it is a millennial our age and they've been in the field working with these technologies for maybe five six maybe ten years. Mm-hmm. I mean, Bitcoin's been around for ten years now, um, so some people have been in the space for a very long time, and that's kind of overwhelming for me to say, hey, yeah, I can make. A out of this i've been in it for six months less than that yeah, and, and so that's that's kind of hard to be yeah. able to be like yeah i can go from construction military not knowing anything about finances to like working with people that have economics and computer science degrees and yeah. stuff like well, that and that would be a little tricky yeah. but it, i think it could be interesting yeah and, and i'm and i'm more so i guess asked the question just based on which again doesn't mean that doesn't mean okay now do it for a living because it's fascinating like yeah. i know there's a line there but just out of curiosity like could you see yourself not even necessarily in like helping create currencies or anything like that but just within what exists currently um and again like our previous conversation is like i don't know enough about it to really have like a clear question per se um or a clear defined role within the kind of system of crypto in and of itself um, to like for example and like offer something up to you Mm -hmm. but you know it's like when I asked my wife she kind of will default back to like yeah I would but I don't want to go back to school for that yeah. Because in order to get yourself in a position I have have zero intention of going back to school so so that's the thing (laughs) right so if whether or not it's relevant or not and yeah. whether or not you couldn't learn just as quickly by just getting in the trenches and going for it mm-hmm. and like being able to get on board with a company that's willing to teach you what you need to learn and do it in a way that because it's like I said offline with you earlier if I win if you win they win everyone wins yeah everyone wins so for a company that's willing to say hey he doesn't have any experience in this he's coming in entry level yeah you know but he seems passionate about it. He seems like this is something that he really uh, wants to do and probably would do well. Like, yeah, so let's say you get on with whoever that company is. Um, you know, like, hypothetically, you didn't have to go back to school. Like, yeah. would it possibly be something that's interesting? And then my, but then I know that that scenario is a lot less likely Mm-hmm. Than the person that gets hired because they have one of those degrees yeah. in some sort of some sort of economics or whatever it is that is a lot is a lot is much more directly associated and like applicable yeah. to the need per the job right and same thing with my wife she's like yeah because of what I enjoy about it that could be cool but. You know, at this point, she already has her bachelor's, right? She has her, yeah. you know, bachelor's in nursing. So even though she could totally switch gears mm-hmm. to get her master's, and her master's can be unrelated to nursing, right? Yeah. That's the beauty and kind of annoying part about college, right? Is yeah. like, 
you can go to school for something and change paths and for a couple extra classes. Now, all of a sudden, you have your master's degree mm-hmm. in something you've only done a tiny bit of time on. Yeah. Regardless. <laughs> she said, I don't want to go back to school. So, I get that. I yeah. just... Out of curiosity, you know, like what your thoughts were, because I I've cause definitely cause been said, I've been I definitely have been applying it to my world of yeah. like okay, just your personal like getting getting a job in the crypto market, even though the world it's so new, the world is your we don't even know what the possibility of what it can be just yet. It's right now it's it's the internet and it's nineteen ninety five, so. Going in my going in my knowing nothing is honestly a great opportunity. Uh, but I've been trying to like just just learn as much as I can about it and actively apply it to my day to day stuff. So one thing I get frustrated with is this this world in financing and like investment world is is this accredited invest, uh, investor nonsense. And this mm-hmm. is the big banks and the little guy, right? The way it's currently set up is that if you don't have more than a certain set cap amount, right, if you don't make enough money, you can't play in this world. And I completely think it's that's bullshit. It's not fair, right? We everyone should have an opportunity to like if they have a dollar to gamble with, right? If they can go fucking buy lottery tickets, you can they can have they should have the ability to invest simultaneously, right? Um, I think I saw an awesome tweet um, uh, by Elon Musk on uh, Instagram yesterday. It was it was just a screenshot of, tw- of Elon Musk's tweet. It's like if a kid fresh out of college or going into college can um, can't go to a bank and ask for a ten thousand dollar loan to buy a uh, start a business, but he can. Get ten thousand or a hundred thousand dollars in debt for a student loan. That's enough to tell you about our fucking system, mm. right? Like you can have this and completely fuck up your life to like go to college and stuff and have a lot of lot of debt, but you can't you can't get ten thousand dollars to start a business, right? And so that's that's kind of the world that that is how that credit market works. And so I've been looking at systems to like invest in housing, right? And like the real estate market. A lot of it is accredited investor stuff. There's a lot of systems that just if you don't have big pockets, they don't they keep you out. So you're stuck to just kind of cheap retail <laughs> investing, which is your your kind of standard uh, S&P 500, what you can get for our, your um, retirement accounts through your brokers and stuff like that. But crypto isn't like that. It's open for everyone for fair game. For the retail market, the big guys, the big pockets aren't involved in it. So what, I'm, what I've been trying to do the math on, it's like, okay, what do I want to do? We've talked about it multiple times. I think we should probably just get kind of work together on it. But we all we're kind of have our own ideas. But I was like, dude, I just want to fucking buy a cheap house. It's just super cheap. Find something to fix on it. Turn it within a couple months whether fix up the kitchen or clean it up, paint it, do the yard or something, flip it and sell it and take that investment, that take that that turnaround money that we get and just invest in a bunch of crypto, right? So like with that 40,000, right? Once we split our cuts, right, I would take that chunk and I would reapply that into buying Bitcoin or something like that and keep that 
that small amount of Bitcoin as part of the investment, that reinvestment kind of business functioning pool of money. Um, I'm still trying to figure out like the more nitty gritty of like how to make it work and under what system it can, like what apps to make that work. But like my dad brought up uh, my younger brother, Kyle, uh, he was interested in um, starting, like buying a house and making an Airbnb, like a cabin up in, mm. in, in Shaver or something. Obviously, he wants to spend some time up in Shaver, obviously. But he's like, yeah, he wants to turn it into an Airbnb when it's when he's not utilizing it. I'm like, mm. Although there's some pro and cons. Dude, that would pretty, be pretty that's sweet. A, that's that could be some pretty, pretty good, pretty good there's, market. I'm not saying saying anything negative about it. I mean, I would. It's an interesting opportunity to take advantage of. But when I heard him say that, I immediately thought, I'm like, eh, it ain't my thing, right? Because mostly I think, for some reason, I would think, I like the idea of just flipping it, selling it outright, right? That way you can get out of it the, the, the fiat scheme, right? So you buy something under credit, right? We, we, we flip it, resell it, right? So there's that quick turnaround, instant, either up or down of whatever the market says it has value in. Right? And we just take that, we just grab on that extra, that money and just leave. Right, you have, you're, you're no longer tied to that house. For some reason, I'm still trying to figure out the numbers because of the rate of inflation. I, I have a hard time wanting to hold a house that I'm not living at for long term at this moment. That's why I'm like, I, I used to like that idea, just like get like passive, ha- passive, passive income, income houses. Yeah. But the, the idea of that, that house simultaneously, while it slowly goes up in value, maybe 5 6%, well, the rest of the fiat, our dollar is degrading in value at 15 20%. That's, that's not, 20% is not the right number. It's about 15 to 13% a year right now with that last um, chunk of, of all that money that they printed, what, in 2020 for all the stimulus checks and stuff like that. So, for me, as the market stands, it's a hard sell for saying I want something so I can get passive rental stuff because it's just maintenance fees. You got to deal with fucking renters. I think what makes it worse in this market is everything is so high. Yeah. So you're buying a property. Let's just say on average, and it's currently in a bubble. Let's say on average, the house that you want to buy is one hundred fifty thousand dollars. Yeah. That one hundred fifty thousand dollar house. Currently is two hundred and fifty or three hundred thousand dollars in value. So you're buying it when it's super super yeah. high. If you hold it long term, let's say five years, it comes down fifty thousand dollars. You're like, well, now I have to wait ten years yeah. before now, I can resell now, it. Now you're hoping to take it back up, or in general, it's the long term play yeah. where you're saying, regardless of what it sells for in thirty years, someone's going to pay it off for me, which is your hypothetical tenants. Yeah. And then regardless of any of that previous history, because it's already said and done, today is the day I'm putting it on the market. It's been it's done been paid off now at this mm-hmm. point, and I'm just going to recoup $300,000, which yeah. means you probably actually lost money yeah. overall. Even if even if you're like, woohoo, I got $300,000. Well, how much did you actually invest in that property yeah. over the course of 30 years? You invested the three hundred you bought it for plus 30 years worth of maintenance yeah. and repairs yeah. and renovations yeah. and all these things right. 
to where what if over 30 more years you invested easily another $100,000? So now you're 400 sold for 300. Yeah. If you're lucky at the end of 30 years. And I'm not saying that to talk myself out of it. I genuinely would also like passive income. I would love passive income. For sure. But it's an interesting if, thing to think if, about, right? If inflation wasn't fucking with it, I would absolutely sure. love it. If the, if the market was genuine, if you can just say, hey, right now, yes, you bought a house at high value, but over 30 years, there's no such thing as inflation. It's just going to, the market's going to just mm-hmm. it's gonna increase in value. I'm like, cool, sweet. I'll rent it out for a couple of years, right? Totally awesome. Right, but with the inflation scheme and the the threat of recession, trying to go on offense in a smart strategy for me is, I'm trying to go on offense. So I'm like, I'm taking all this information. I'm like, all right, okay, I I lived through '08. I remember what I wasn't out of a job, but I remember what kind of what happened with people. Money was tight, and a lot of, a lot of, lot of that, lot. all that, a lot of people lost money. Houses went under. My mom lost her business. There was no more market. Of plenty of people in construction, people that we worked through, they were out of months, out of work for nine months. That's what I've heard. Some for some people in the trades that were union, right? Um, people lost their houses. A lot of different. Um, economies and businesses went under and so I was like those were those were hard times and mm-hmm. this can possibly be a wor- worse than that so trying to make sure I'm still employable and take an opportunity because you can, I think a recession for some people if they're smart about it it's not it, it can be a good thing if you know if you go aggressively and tactfully and uh, tactically into the scenario you can make a lot. So my my fantasy and my plan is to is okay, inflation's a big deal, recession's a big deal. So I think long term hold on real estate, out of the picture. Right? You can you can make money off the real estate, but my my plan is more to find financiers, right? Get them involved, either go to a bank or uh, just try to market, try to get finances. That's probably a lot harder. I don't know anything about finding, going door to door. Hey, you got $1,000 to invest in me and so we can buy a house and flip it and I'll pay you back. I don't know anything about that. So going to a bank would probably be the, be- the first thing I do. But yeah, just take a small picture, like a small screenshot of what the market is quickly turn and get out of the house and try to cobble a small amount of profit in that little small window. I think that's right now strategically wise is the best mm-hmm. financial option. So there's a way to get into it. I'm just like I'm not I'm not gonna long term hold at the moment. No I don't I don't sense. see the benefit of it. <clears throat> maybe ten years down the road, maybe five years, three years well, I after think, things I, change yeah, a little I, I bit. I think you have to wait to see how the current kind of status like for me, I'm not. I'm I, like with how it is. I wouldn't be as afraid to buy high, right? If it's if it's if there's something fixable in the house, even if it's high, it's like all right, cool. I bought it high. It's gonna be high in about six months, probably, right? But if I can find something I can extract value that's fixable and something that's renovatable, mm-hmm. I think that'll still create value. So even though you bought high, you can still sell higher, yeah, right. And then once you're out of out of that that uh, that asset, take that small chunk or whatever the cut is that 
You might share, pay off all the creditors and the financiers. Cool. You made 15, 20% off of that quick 50, 60 grand out of that sale. And then that's money that you take together. And then you say, all right, cool. We're going to take this and we're going to reuse it. That's part of the business fund. That's part of the reinvestment allocation, right? But I'm not going to keep it in cash either. I'd be, I would, I'm thinking like, okay, put it in a crypto asset, something that's going to be a long holds still maintain its value and i think bitcoin and cryptocurrency is that better option for that so those yeah. are the strategies yeah. i'm kind of well, playing plus, in my plus head i've heard that you you want to be able to take that money especially on people that uh flip a lot of properties mm-hmm. you want to find a way to tie that money back up into something else yeah not just sit on woohoo i cashed out on 100 grand on this house like you know, be able to take that money and somehow have it reallocated to something else so it doesn't get taxed, so it doesn't get taken right back away from you nope. because you've already tied it back up into something else, like a retirement, like a whatever, right? Yeah. Um, to where it then is tax-free mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. Um, and I don't, I don't know exactly how we got on that tangent. Maybe based on asking about crypto or whatever. Yeah, you're just... Um, well, we started on, on jobs. <clears throat> yeah, so, I mean, obviously, I, I'm i in the same boat. I think that's a good point to, like... We live in a pretty hostile and volatile, quote-unquote, uh, I guess, economy right now. Mm-hmm. Like, I have a coworker that said he bought his house for $350,000, which, in general, is a decent price for a house, right? That's not that bad, yeah. Well... I, to me, I've never bought a house that's three hundred fifty thousand. I've always it's, been under that. So my, for me, my whole goal for this house was to stay under three hundred. Yeah. So so for me, <laughs> three fifty is like, dang, he paid three fifty for his house. He said that based on how much, and this is just in a year's time, mm-hmm. right? And he bought in a new development, a new kind of track home development or whatever. He said right now, he could turn around and probably sell his house for almost five hundred thousand dollars. In like a year, if that, because everything has just went so high up, you know, has, has, has become so inflated, quote Mm -hmm. unquote, right. That he, he's told me before, he's like, dude, I, I'm, I'd be lying if I wasn't tempted to turn around and put this thing right back on the market just for the sake of being able to cash out on that money and put it back into something else and like, screw it. We'll just go rent for a while. You know, or whatever it is, like until yeah. the market dies back down again, and like mm-hmm. renting's high too. So, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of a wash in the sense of you know maybe what you'd be paying in your mortgage to what you'd be paying for even a small apartment rental. Mm-hmm. You know, re- rentals are expensive right now. So, I for sure could not rent something based on our property, based on our house. Mm-hmm. And based on what we have as far as our interest rate and how that associates to our payment every month, I couldn't rent something for as cheap as my house payment. Yeah. Just truthfully, at the, in to this, be honest, in this think, market. But I would also be lying yeah. if I didn't have the same, the same uh, temptation of, hey man, our house has significantly increased in value. Yeah. And that that's not kind of appealing, and. And so even if we burn a hundred bucks extra a month from what we're paying, you know, to a mortgage to maybe what it costs us to rent, let's say it's up a hundred bucks a month out of our pocket. Well, in in my case, 
You're not paying for this service. You're not paying for this service. You're not paying for the lawn guy. You're not doing this. Like all yeah. of those expenses now come back to me in yeah. terms of expenses out, uh-huh. right? To to even if I had an increase in rental cost to my mortgage, the 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 output to now what's staying in my pocket, yeah, still technically puts me ahead. On top of now I have a a decent chunk that we made on the property if we sold or whatever. Right. I'm not saying we're doing that, but Mm -hmm. I would be lying if I said like, yeah, that's super tempting. Yeah. Because then you can, you know, not, not very often, uh, do people just come into an extra $150,000. Yeah. Like not a lot of people just get that kind of money handed to them per se. Right. So if you think in the context of even just selling our house, cause the market's high, we would be one of those people that could potentially be handed a, a, a chunk of, big, a chunk of cash, yeah. right? Um, that would be beneficial to tie up into some other thing as far as like for my family's concerned, um, whether that be investing, you know, whether it be some of these other platform, these other opportunities to just tie it up in something else yeah. and sit on it um, minus what we, you know, put in savings or something like that just to have some of that money. But if if we know and we've done the we've done the numbers on we can live and we can only take the bare minimum of that money and mm-hmm. everything else get put into this other thing that we can sit on for a long time and watch yeah. it watch it compound on top of itself like dude is is really tem- you know tempting yeah um so i don't know not saying we're going to sell our house but <laughs> i know i buy but it, but it's my house but it's you know it it's definitely pretty interesting to think about um, and I have one other question not to like do you have any other thoughts because I have another question that's uh, totally unrelated is it a sidebar, sidebar question or is it no related? it's kind of like change of the conversation question okay well, so, so final thoughts just because this is another question you don't know I'm going to ask you mm-hmm. but when I ask it it'll make sense why I asked it so if you have any kind of I don't know, closing thoughts on like crypto i guess or housing or like investments whatever right before i totally just like switch gears 180 degrees my my closing thoughts are is like crypto market for everyone fucking do it do it get after it should i buy should should you buy real estate hell yeah like anything buy up something flip it sell it make it a business go after it I'm not really good at giving advice of what's going to work. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Hello. I'm just like everyone else, just lost, like trying to like make stuff stick to the wall. Like just all I can do is just try something and be like, oh shit, did that work? Oh no. Okay. I have to re rehash this. All right. So nothing, not absolutely nothing is off the table. I would love to get a crypto job. Uh, I ain't going to ask for one. Hmm. Uh, Getting into like getting in and investing in real estate and building businesses, I'm be I'm past the point where I'm gonna ask for a job for someone else to create the job that I think would be great for me. I'm like I'm just gonna go after it, build it, do it. Mm-hmm. If I think it's doable, I'll go after it. So and that just comes with learning, trying to, and just experimenting. So where I go from here is is just gonna be where my natural curiosity and learning and aspirations go, right? So right now, Derek's strategy is save money, 
invest it as much as I can, talk it as much as I can. My wife made a comment, uh, I think today, she's like, man, there's times I feel like uh, we live paycheck to paycheck. And then I'm like, I look at, then she's like, then I look at what you're buying with <laughs> all those transactions. Like, and there's a lot, there's a lot of investments. It's like, that's pretty much all I do. But like, I don't buy stuff off Amazon every single $10 here, $50 here. It's just all going towards some kind of crypto fund, which is just money and trying to compound it and making it into more money, which is, that's for me, which is really fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's, that's my closing thought. Well, to your, to your comment about like, I see something, if it seems doable, like I'm just going to go for it. I'm just going to try it. Yeah. I heard a quote the other day that was pretty cool that I think is totally applicable to that yeah. kind of mindset. There's no shame in failure. The only failure is not trying. Yeah. Boom. Boom. Yeah. And it's like, I think it's really easy. Um, and I, I do that to myself. I think it's really easy to say, like, I've never done that before. Yeah. Like, what, I'm if, not. what, what if I fail? Like, what if, you know, and, and to never really put myself in a position to, like, Failure is not the op- is is never the option, right? No. Like so, in the context, I guess for me, me, my approach is I'm like when I see something like that it looks really fucking hard. Challenge accepted. Challenge accepted, but we're like I'm not I'm not gonna say no to it. But there's some things that need to be worked on. There's some muscles that need to grow in order to fucking lift mm-hmm. that weight. So I was like, so seeing all the different crypto jobs and like what they're entailing about, I was like, okay. Well, there's a major vacuum in all of these. I'm not a marketing guy. I'm not. I barely even dabbled in finances. That's more doable for me, and just mm-hmm. due to my personality, the computer programming stuff is. I've never even touched it. Like the last time I programmed something was in high school, in my junior year when I was in web design, right? And that was super fascinating at the time. But to like re-engage something I haven't done in 20 years, that's really hard. Right, mm-hmm. so I'm like, okay, there's gonna be have a lot more learning to get approach that. But what is something I can learn now? What can I apply today? What's what seems doable today? And that's that's the current strategy I have. There's a lot of stuff in the works right now. I'm trying to get it cobbled together little by little, little by little, and it takes pennies. And so like, it's for me, it's a slow crawl, and just learning to be patient with things is mm-hmm. the hard. That's the really hard part because I want I want progress really fast all the time. And I have to tell myself to slow down, slow down, slow down. These are good progress. This is good progress. Just wait it out. If it's slow and you feel like it's slow, go do something else. Find something else to make happen while you're waiting for this to develop. Mm-hmm. But yeah, what were you saying? <laughs> no, that was it. I feel like the quote for me is uh, is applicable. Yeah. To to my perspective or to like the challenges that I kind of and that's why you were that, in that, that, that's that why you went on that two hour run off topic pre-recording is because that's that's where you find yourself in you're like challenge accepted but these people won't let you even step up to bat yeah hey you're not <laughs> just, hey you, you're just not gonna you're utilize not giving it. me the the correct opportunities even if those opportunities are going to be a significant learning curve for me or challenge mm-hmm. or hard to get through you're not even giving me the opportunity to do it for sure. Yeah. But if it was like outside and this is where the like the only failure is not trying portion of that quote um, I can tend to do to myself mm-hmm. is it is scary, at least for me, um, to, to do something that I've never done before and 
and then to consider, like, I have my family to consider. Yeah. Right? Or, or to add the element of I have my family to consider. It's not just me, a bachelor, going, I can do whatever the heck I want. If I fail, I can care less, right? <laughs> because I'll just do something else. Like, I really have my wife and two daughters that if I don't think about them critically and yeah. just go and do something for the sake of doing it, like without really trying to have that kind of internal conversation and really try to process like, is this really going to work? Um, and, and there's, and there's a devil's advocate there, right? There is, there is like the, well, how do I know if it's going to work or not? Cause I haven't done it yet. Yeah. And, and then to also get yourself to a point where, because now you're all in, you then say, well, failure is not an option. Yeah. So that then becomes the driving force, you know, so I tend to, I tend to be a big dreamer. So mm -hmm. I, I think about a lot of different things that are just so interesting to me. Um, having played music for a long time, having all these different kind of background things that I've done. Yeah. You know, I'm a dreamer, I'm, I'm creative. And so I think about things in a different, like in a certain light all the time. I can drive by an old vacant building and go, dude, this would be freaking sweet as blank. Yeah. Because in a, in a moment, I see it as something that would be rad. Yeah. The bar, the restaurant, the whatever, right? Like mm -hmm. the music venue. Like I, I just, I look at something and go, man, that would be cool to make this. Yeah. And then I go, yeah, but I'm never going to be able to do that. Because <laughs> even though I could probably execute at a high level and, and totally bring to fruition, right? The things I'm dreaming about in my head. Yeah. Because I think I'm plenty capable. I also go, yeah, but I don't have the money. But I don't have this, but I don't, you know, and like I've already talked myself out of it. Yeah. Because, and I, and I think for good reason, because I obviously want to be mindful of my family and like not just make stupid decisions like to make them because like, eh, just go for it. It's going to work out. Like, I think that that is a very fine line of irresponsibility. Yeah. And like, yeah, this could totally work. You know, like there's a, there's a very fine line there. So, I, I think if I had any kind of like closing thought on this kind of specific topic, it would just be that quote. Yeah. As like an encouragement, even though I, in this exact moment, am not like starting my own business yet. I'm not doing any of those things that like, I felt that to be pretty encouraging recently mm -hmm. that like, there's no shame in failure. The know. only failure is not trying. And like, I think that's pretty wicked cool. So, um, <clears throat> But to transition into something totally unrelated, okay. I got called for jury duty. <laughs> okay? Totally unrelated. So I got a summons in the mail. Uh, apparently, where we live, they issue them pretty quickly to, like, your potential appearance date. Yeah. Uh, or to your summons date. And... Uh, and so I called this afternoon, kind of the day before, after a certain time, you got a call to see, and it said, they need you. It said report. And I went, yes, <laughs> yes. Most people, and this is where like, I just, for my, just for the sake of sharing, like most people legit probably go, I can't wait to get out of it. I'm gonna, I hope, I hope they ask me if I know a cop, cause I'm going to say, I know a cop and I can't, and I, I can't be unbiased and they're going to have all these reasons to like get out of it. Yeah. <clears throat> it's been quite a few years since I was summoned to come in and I get that like the 
the information around the case itself could potentially make something uber boring or really exciting. Like if you're, uh, if you're in a, you just want to sit in there and be like, your honor, I object. Oh yeah. wait, I'm a juror. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry, Oops, sorry. I can't do that. I can't do so, that. <laughs> so, like, obviously if someone is going to be on the stand or be on trial for assault with a deadly weapon, like that's kind of fascinating. Ooh, that's going to be like intense, right? Versus some like, and this is probably not a thing, but for the, the sake of the opposite extreme, like some guy that's getting charged with something because he has, you know, a hundred unpaid parking tickets. Yeah. Like that's going to be really lame to be a part of that, to try to convict him of some retribution or whatever. You right? just kind of hope that this is, this is, this is the, the drug bust or yeah. the murder crime totally. of the century. And, and I'm going to be on You're in a different county, so I can't, can't attest it. No, you're not. I've never... This you're, is a different county. You're, no, you're in Kings County. Hanford Lamore, bro. In case you're wondering, people, we live in Hanford Lamore. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm just now learning about this. Yeah. <laughs> in case you're wondering, in case you're wondering, you live. You're not in Tulare? No. Where the fuck in Tulare? Uh, that's by Celia, that's bro. That's fucking weird. All right. Okay. <laughs> know your geography. I know my geography. <laughs> so, I, uh, so, I got the summons and. The automated voice said, please report. And I went, yes. So I got summoned quite really a few years ago. You hate your job to be so excited. Yes. <laughs> and, and so I, I was summoned quite a few years back. And I found that like before you even get called, which I think is pretty typical, before you even get called into the actual courtroom with whoever else has been kind of associated or, or, or been placed in that group to start filtering through jurors, and start selecting and placing people, you sit in this big open waiting room, potentially for many days at a time, mm-hmm. and you either get dismissed, or you get into the courtroom and get dismissed, or you get into the courtroom and get selected. And so the very first day, I remember we're sitting in this large room at the courthouse, and they were playing movies. Like, that's the thing. You're just sitting, waiting to yeah, see wait, if you wait. get to the next step. Yeah. And so we're watching a movie, and because they keep a they keep an outside like standby pool. group, it's like a pool of people. While there's the inside pool people, yeah. right? And so and so there was multiple courtrooms though that that were extracting people from the body yeah. to, to make these smaller groups yeah. to then start trying to find jurors. Yeah, and and so that part in and of itself was like fine, mm-hmm. you know, it's just hanging out, watching a movie, whatever. And then when we got into the actual courtroom, what I found is that, yeah, it was kind of cool that, like, the case was, like, assault with a deadly weapon. Yeah. And so that would have been, like, interesting to be a part of. Um, I think it was still a a small case. It wasn't, like, some earth-shattering large criminal case that happened. It was, like, a... I think it was, like, an assault... A guy was assaulting another guy in prison. So it was, like, some prison sentence being sentenced again. The whole process is actually really fascinating because, like, the last time I... Had jury duty. They actually bring out the person. Yeah, they yeah, sit they, them. They, they sit, sit them, them right down, down. and yeah. that's part of the process. Is like, yeah. is they is, get to be a part of their jury you, selection. Look at him. I mean, some, they're not saying it so blatantly, but the the DA, uh, I mean, was the prosecutor, the prosecutor, and the, the defense attorney are selecting people, and he, he's there for not saying nothing. Yeah, he doesn't have uh, a say. He doesn't have a say in anything. His, his, but they're using him as a, as a way of vetting people to see if there's sure. any bias, yeah. like, just by, like, visually seeing and hearing about what he's been accused of and then seeing what people add into his effect because it's supposed to be a 
jury or peers with an unbiased yeah. thing. And so they're like, they're like, here he is. This is the crime he's um, being charged of. Right? He hasn't committed a crime. He's not crime. He's not charged yet. Well, he's charged. He's not guilty. Yeah, he's not we convicted. He's not convicted of any crimes yet or, or um, I can't remember the word. What's the word when they get let off? Um, just, it's on the tip of my tongue. I can't. Acquitted. Acquitted, yeah. He's not been convicted or acquitted yet. So he's just charged yeah. and suspected of committing crimes. Um, so, But they're seeing what people add into it. And usually totally. there's some kind of mob mob mentality. It's interesting to see what... So that's what was interesting for me. Was the, like, the interview process yeah. of... So the once jurors. we got in, like I got a... And I don't know how this is going to be. I would assume it's similar. Yeah. But we got in. We got a questionnaire that had... 10 questions on it and it all had to do with that vetting process so either the defense attorney or the prosecutor had they had basically uh alternating rounds Mm -hmm. of being able to say juror number two can you please look at question number five and give an answer please Mm -hmm. so then you have to read you know an easy one is like do you have any friends or family in law enforcement yeah and then you have to then say yeah i do does this, you know, affect your ability to, to be non-biased, right? Based, you know, based on the crime this person is being accused of, based on your relationship with said law enforcement, are you able to look at this in a non-biased way mm-hmm. and, and make a decision based on the evidence that will be presented to you, right? And then after they've then asked several questions of, several, of all these jurors and then they, they go back into the chambers and they discuss and then they come back out and they could literally dismiss one person or the whole lot of them yeah. and say, and then you are on now on that list to then get called up to the jury box and then go through the whole process again. So the vetting process could be days and days yeah. and days before they finally, as, as a prosecutor and as a defense attorney, feel like they have the best sitting jury uh, for this specific trial. Yeah. And so in sitting in that, it was really interesting. I, I ended up being in that process. I never got called up, but I ended up being in that process for, call it three quarters of a day based yeah. on starting in that movie room thing and then going into the courtroom and then about a few hours the next day of mm-hmm. like, hey, we reconvene in this room tomorrow, eight o'clock, whatever. And I just remember sitting there kind of like at the edge of the, I, don't know, I guess, pews or whatever and just kind of had my hand on my like chin yeah, and just like absorbing like what a fascinating process. Yeah. And to the conversation we kind of vaguely were having a little bit earlier offline, it was like most people are saying I don't want nothing to do with it. I'm going to not get paid well. I get a little stipend from yeah. my work or whatever because I present my tickets that shows proof I was at jury duty or whatever. Yeah, the employer will pay for that and they're, time. They're going to they're going to turn around and pay you 40 bucks for the day or something stupid. Yeah. And you're like, "Dude, I just lost a ton of money." If yeah. it's like weeks or months or it could who knows, right? Um, that could have significant financial losses, yeah. right? Um, depending on how that what plays you out. What do, yeah. <laughs> But at the, on the flip side, and this is what you and I were talking about, is, dude, that is like, that is my duty to, to sit it, like, to be summoned and to be 100% honest. Yeah. And if they, like you said, if they choose me, they do. If they don't, they don't. Uh, but to know that, like, 
it's almost like an honor to be able, at least for me. And I, I when, when I was I younger, I definitely wanted out of it. And but like as now, I got older, I had more respect for it because yeah. it's like, well, we're a society. We have a society of laws. And there's plenty of times where I feel like I want to break a ton of law. <laughs> like, not yeah. break laws, but like just like bend the rules because there's a little too much. It's a little yeah. bit too overbearing. But there there are times when I'm, I look at this system and it's like, well, it's, I'm glad this system and that we have it in place and we were kind of on the forefront of making it work for, sure. for our society. And I, I pay it respects because like if, if I was ever hemmed up, I would assume I would want my own society to like offer me the same respects. Right? So as a, as a guy that wants to start businesses, I, I think of this as like, what if, what if there's an application for a guy that's a ex-convict? working at your business do you like do you have a problem with that and I look at him like not no not really it's like as long as he's not actively like threat or like violent and stuff he did his time he did his time he's like that's as long as the jury and the criminal system the legal system has had their fair share of it I was like I would totally support having like giving a guy or girl an, an opportunity to make a living just like I would have, if they were the one offering a job to me, that I would be the same forfeiture of respect towards human beings and stuff. So I look at that as the same way. Um, my my hand in law enforcement too, like in the military when I was training guys, I I emphasized a lot about like when we were doing detaining handling and detaining handling procedures and stuff, and like when you have to interact with people that are. When that you deemed are in trouble, you're like, teach them. Like, I taught my guys to be, like, even though this person's in trouble and they fucked up, it's still your job to be the better person and, and handle them with dignity, mm-hmm. right? Dignity and respect. Like, if they're a detain, a, a designated de- detainee for from a boarding and stuff, or like, it's still our job through the Geneva Convention to treat them with these respects because this is respects that they're afforded as a human being through the Geneva Convention and so I would assume those responsibilities so I treat it with an honor right I don't look <laughs> down sure. on and I, I like cops that do that to people that take that power and then look down on people that have committed crimes and I think that's wrong yeah and my so, my grandpa actually uh, retired out of corrections mm-hmm. now years ago um, served a, a you know full career in, in corrections and um I remember he told me something one time that was, that is kind of along the lines of what you just said, right? Like treating people with respect and dignity. Um, he told me that he gained a lot of respect with the inmates mm-hmm. over the years because he addressed everyone by name and, yeah. and, and more specifically, uh, by their last name. So let's just say, um, said convict was Mr. Jones. Yeah. Right? Like, he, you know, and I'm sure he built rapport with the inmates over time or whatever and didn't necessarily have to always do that mm-hmm. long term. But initially, you know, he would he would engage yeah. these inmates. Hey, how you doing this morning, Mr. Jones? Right? Yeah. And it was, it was a certain uh, approach and a certain kind of, and I know that's a re, I know that's like, you got to be careful there. Right? Yeah. 
because you don't want to get in too close with the inmates, right? Yeah, but I think at the you're same be time, buddy, buddy, yeah. yeah, you don't want to be buddy buddy. You need to know that like there's a boundary and that boundary is not to be crossed. But in terms of showing these people, regardless of, you know, which is, a, it, I understand it's probably a hard thing to kind of work out sometimes when you're yeah. like, I'm staring at a guy that, that murdered someone. Yeah. And you're like, it's really hard for me to not want to say, dude, you're getting what you And it's a, it sounds like he's, he's like a guy that, like, he's taking it upon himself to show a bit of respect to someone that's probably been demeaned, insulted, and hated, and, and just had a really, really hard life. And he's actually taking it upon himself to be like, I'm going to be the first person that actually shows this guy. Like, I don't care what he did. He just, he's going to get respect from yeah. me. Before, before right? I'm looking Obviously, at... Obviously, he is an inmate, but there yeah. are, he's still a human being. Yeah. And, and so obviously that's kind of a, I get that that's a, a, a pretty delicate dance, yeah. you know, but I think at the end of the day, similarly, I take the opportunity to go and show up tomorrow. Like, yeah. I take it seriously. I think it's going to be a real, I think it's, not only do I just think it's interesting, but I also think that like, dude, you're asking me to show up for this. I'm going to show up. Yeah. And like you said, you would hope if it were you sitting in that chair, that, that some of my do, jurors would that, that pay your me jurors respect. would do the same thing, that they would show up knowing that it's my duty to be here and it's my duty to do it honestly and non-biased. And, and well, that's I'm, how that's how I I personally choose to be tactful and how I diffuse like situations between people that I interact with. Right? If someone, if person A is hot and pissed off about some. Right? I have to see the opposite side, right? I have to see that the reflection, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, all right, cool. That's your story. I have to go over here and talk to this person too. Right? Yeah. And then once I've talked to both parties, it's not even I'm not even taking both parties. This is just my judgment and how I judge things. I'm like, all right, cool. I've seen both sides. This person says this, this person says this against that person. Right. Obviously they conflict. Now what's the evidence show? Right. And that's mm-hmm. respect for both parties. Right. Yep. So Anyways, kind of, I, yeah, it's, kind, it's of, kind of interesting. Like, I haven't been summoned in a long time, <laughs> and my wife just a couple days ago, uh, I guess it was last weekend, she said, hey, by the way, you got a, a notice in the mail. I, I'm pretty sure it's for jury duty. And I kind of had this underlying, like, yes. Mm. So, <clears throat> obviously, like, let my employer know, hey, there's a chance. I got a call at this time, and then I'll let you know what happens. Mm-hmm. And I called, and they said, show up. Which totally could turn into just a day that I was sitting there watching a movie before I get dismissed, or could turn into an opportunity to actually make my way in and be a part of the process and get to sit in on the case or the trial, and like, you know, I think the like, same thing with voting too. Like the people that complain but didn't vote, yeah, like shut up, you didn't vote, yeah, right. I'm, I didn't, I didn't like losing, but I also voted. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm a little more vocal about things like because it's but I'm like okay I'll be a sore loser a little bit but Mm -hmm. also respect them because they're like okay they they put in effort and they voted and this is the outcome right society has we've come together right we've all we've all heard we've all had a year or whatever nine months or hopefully more than 20 minutes before shopping in the line we've all heard the collective arguments and right and now we're all coming together putting in our civic duty to say voicing our opinion like I like I like these rules I like these systems in place this is who I want to be my leadership for my community and stuff right and then you get your vote and then once once the outcome happens right cool well, let's all be civil 
mm-hmm. but it doesn't really happen anymore. I wish it was. I also think if I've heard, here's a little another sidebar conversation. What are your thoughts on sixteen year olds fighting? I'm for it in this one sense. I have. If you're gonna let them vote, right? If we've deemed, if as a society want to I, let them dude, have I, the vote, I'm inclined for the wait. I'm inclined up, to form the wait. Up weight. front, before you say anything else. Here's my here's my thought. That's a slippery slope, I think. It is a very slippery slope, right? If they if if we're as a society saying, hey, we're gonna let sixteen year olds vote, right? Now the people that push for this are usually just want naive people that are gullible and want higher numbers, right? But if we're gonna let that happen, I'm like, you're gonna you have to let them have the whole system, right? They don't just get to do one thing and not do it. Like they get the fucking taxes. Which they're not going to want. They get the jury duty, which they're not going to want. They're you're now you're now a independent person now. We're not just changing the voting age and saying okay they're going to go home and live with their parents, right? That's can be the case for eighteen year old kids, but technically by law, right? They are sovereign, independent adults that can be taxed and doing all this stuff, right? So we should do. If we're going to drop the voting age to sixteen, you're dropping everything. Right? Like these same kids can also also serve their country, and go off to war, too. And so that should be the I think that should be the measure that we apply to this. And if people start saying, "Oh no no no, they're way too young to serve their country and go to war. They're way too young to uh, be paying into taxes. They don't even barely even have a job." I'm like, well, tell them to wait two more years then. But yet, but yet, that's my can, argument to it. But if you're, yet, you if you're vote. I, I was like, I'm like, if you're gonna vote, they get everything. They so the, pro- <laughs> the, pro- the problem is though. But I know the strategy why they want. So the strategy though is we're just gonna let them vote, and we're not gonna make them do anything else. That's because the, that's the strategy because they want. Yeah, they're gonna turn around and say, "Well, they're 16 though." Yeah. All the arguments that you just made are gonna be the exact reasons that they're gonna try to get them. Out of being ignorant, yep, and and think that who they're voting for has their best interests, yeah. and then say simultaneously and, they're not really adults. We not we yeah, can't but, we can't give them the other things. No, yeah. but we can't hold we can't really hold them accountable because yeah. Yeah. you know whatever the reason is, which yeah. I think they should they they can't they're still juvenile. They have to go to juvenile detention for the crimes they've done they've done or something yeah. like that. You're like then no. It's a hard line yeah. no. If so I would say <laughs> to answer your question, I think that that's a that's I, completely I that preposterous. Is, I think never that that's gonna the happen. Stupidest thing that's ever that's my hard line. I'm like if you're going to lower it, they get everything. We're essentially lowering the legal adult age from 18 to 16 in our society. And then all the floodgates that come with that. Right? So that's that's where I say I don't say no. Yeah, you yeah you can you can be sixteen and vote and you can drive, but those are the only privileges that you're gonna get. You still you still live at home. You're still gonna go to high school, right? Mm-hmm. And we gotta wait till you go to college, and we're not gonna tax you for a couple more years and things like that. Medical coverage. Don't have to worry about that. Mm-hmm. Right? No. They get they get the whole they get the whole so, shebang. So and the reality <laughs> and the reality is the people pushing are not going to implement 
they don't that. believe in it. That's they're, how I they're, know. They're just strictly saying this will increase our numbers. Yeah. Increase our power. Yeah. Increase the the our ability to to uh, you know to stay over people, mm-hmm. right? And push all of whatever we want to push. Yeah. And so no, I think it's, it sounds ridiculous. Yeah, that's that's exactly. <laughs> like like and and I think what's even crazier is that I understand if it's based on numbers, mm-hmm. which then reflects power, mm-hmm. I get a hundred percent why somebody says, Oh, that sounds like you know, whispering to the guy next to him, Oh, it's gonna be a great idea. Right? <laughs> you you I understand yeah. like but then you gotta know, and this is what's crazy to me. So when you listen to someone talk, a politician, mm-hmm. okay, and, and this goes both ways at times, right? So when you talk to a, when you hear a politician speaking, talking about some policy that they're about, that they wanna push, they wanna change this and that to help people with this and this thing over here and whatever, right? They have this whole spiel on what they're gonna do for people. Yeah. Um, and I guess in this case, let me just, you know, I guess we're getting a little political here, right? We are getting political. Let's bring let's bring uh, let's bring student debt to the table. Yeah. Okay. Just just one of those topics, right? So you've got to be kidding me that you think that it is ever going to work that you can have millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars of debt mm-hmm. from students. My wife. My wife and I had student debt from when she went to nursing school, right? Yeah. And it was minimal, relatively speaking. That, compared that to what other people Compared did. to like the people that are going to medical school and have 200, 500, whatever it is, yeah. law school, all these different things that are just crazy yeah. in debt to, to go through this process and to have this schooling. So you've got to be kidding me that you tell – that you can stand up there and go, guys, we'll just – Poof, Poof, and it's gonna it. go away. Student student debt relief for everyone, and that you think that that actually is gonna work? No. What about that in a real way besides you just talking and making people think that you know what you're talking about mm-hmm. because you've found a way to manipulate language so that people go, "Oh yeah, I get that. Yeah, cool," mm-hmm. and to not talk about any of the ramifications that come from going, bye-bye, you're just gone. Nobody owes it, right? All of that money is owed to banks, mm-hmm. right? To financial institutions. Yeah. So how do you get to stand there on that podium and say that I don't owe, I don't owe Wells Fargo any money anymore? <laughs> yeah. Not going to happen, bro. Nope. Okay? You're not going to get to tell them in, in, Don't in, worry, it's in, gone. In it's independent, just gone off the ledger yeah, now. independent financial institution, right? They mm-hmm. they are their own entity. You, government, do not get to tell them that no one has to pay back their debt. Yeah. Right? And even if you could, it's not it's not that simple. You can't just make it go away mm-hmm. and no one owes any debt anymore. Like, I think that all of that has significant ramifications, but people will stand up there and go, guys. We've solved all the problems. Your life is going to be so much better. You're going to have all these different things that are going so well for you now because I'm just going to wipe it away. Mm-hmm. 
And then behind the scenes, they're going, this isn't going to work. This is ridiculous, but they're buying it. You know, like, it's just, I mean, it's crazy to me. I find I do this, remember how I was saying, like, okay, if you want to give 16-year-olds the right to vote, they get the whole shabam, Mm -hmm. which no one wants, right? Like, I I kind of did the same thing when I was uh, still, like, testing out my college student time. So I was was working in uh, the student class journalism class, and I was having this debate with my uh, classmates, and they're they're all, like, super, like, pumped, like, yeah, I want someone else to pay for my college. I was like, no, it's your college you pay for. It's your education you pay for. (laughs) Seems pretty straightforward. Pretty straightforward. I'm not going to pay for your college. I'm paying for my own college. Yeah, you can't go into the store. I mean, technically, And they would always fall back with... Like, yeah, but your vet, VA's paying for your college. I'm like, okay. Well, that's the way the, infrastructure, like, guess the, way the infrastructure works. I'm like, guess what? You know what? You're right. Someone should pay for your college. I have a perfect option. <laughs> you ain't going to like it. Maybe you should go in the military. <laughs> Maybe you should go in the army. Yeah. And they're always like, oh, no, I can't do that. I'm like, then shut up. Yeah. <laughs> like, you can't, you can't walk into that retail store and mm-hmm. say, I think someone else should buy me those Crocs. Not going to happen. Yeah. You want the Crocs, you buy the Crocs. Yeah. And I didn't ask for a free okay. college either. No, it just was a system that was just in yeah, place. It's, it's just like the, I can capitalize on it. It's just the infrastructure. <laughs> it's, like it's, like you, you as a as a benefit to having served your country, yeah. right? That's part, that is literally, it, I mean, I'm sure, and not to like get into that specifically, but there are people that go into the military and don't come back, Yeah. right? And so for that to be part of the risk involved mm-hmm. in stepping up to the plate and saying that I'm doing this. Sometimes people just do it to do it, right? Yeah. And then they get in and they know that there's others. You know, a lot of times it is for school. It is for these things. Those like, people do not do very well okay? at all. Oh, I'm just doing this so get, I can get... They get burnt out really fast. Totally, right? Versus there are true patriotic, true, true like patriots for this country that say it is my honor to serve here. And, and sometimes that comes with time, right? Yeah. Maybe it's not the first, maybe it's not boot camp and you're going, yeah. this was free, this freaking sucks. Or I would imagine it sucks. Trust me. In right? order, in but, order to... But it comes with time, I would imagine, or for some people it comes with time. But at the end of the day, there are people that, you know, that are literally at such a risk for doing it and not, and not coming back, yeah. right? And so forgive me, or forgive them for being able to get college out of it because they may literally be looking down the barrel of a gun somewhere, right? Yeah. Or have to throw a grenade back to someone else, right? Like, mm-hmm. and then wow, so I got to so I got to spend forty thousand dollars to go to school while simultaneously risking my life every single day. Yeah. To like protect what you're doing. So to me, I think the argument falls flat on its face, <laughs> right? For sure. I know you agree, but oh yeah. But yeah. it's like if you're if you're in the infantry and what like motivated and pumped you up to get there was that the government was gonna pay for your college education and the second bullets start flying or dude, it becomes a little dude. bit aggressive, guess what? That college education goes right out the window. Yeah, and now you and, just crap yourself. And if right? you're actually gonna like thrive and survive in that environment, mm-hmm. that Holding on to that piece of motivation is not what, <laughs> sure. what does that. For sure. So, so then that's, you, that's why so I like that. So then you get to a point, right? Where like you're doing it because, you're, because you duty. know it's something yeah. that is it's like... It's a big picture shit, yeah. yeah. And 
So I think that the, the argument's stupid <laughs> anyways, but yeah, I, I just think that that's, that's why when they're like, when they are like, Oh, you're, you're a vet, your government's paying for your, your, your college. I'm like, I will forfeit that every day of the week. It's nice. It's like, I, that, that's nothing. It's like, yeah, yeah but, they can have that. I'll still pay for but, it. But if I want to come to college, I'll still pay for my, my right to be here. If it if it's if I deem it valuable to me, yeah, that's no argument to me. That's just like me capitalizing on uh, what the system's already in place. Well, <laughs> yeah, but but you didn't. You're not just getting free education, right? Like you had to give something mm-hmm. to get it. Yeah. Right. So rather than look at it, I guess yeah, I guess rather than looking at it as in you're just getting free college. Mm-hmm. The debt that you paid was your service. Yeah. It was the time, the physical years you spent doing that job. And the hard and job you, is so and, fucking hard. If it's you equate giving if you, blood. Yeah, if you equate, <laughs> right, the amount of time and what your wage was, mm-hmm. right, to do that job, mm-hmm. and you and you then equate that to what your potential student loans might be. Right, and I'm saying like general student loans, right? Yeah. If you turn, which you totally can, I I think you could totally go the law school route, right? And yeah. it's still totally paid for, right? Or is it? I think I uh, I used up. Ca- I burned it. I burned through it because of the apprenticeship. So so is it like uh, I guess just for clarity, really quick, is it um, is it based on like a certain dollar amount, and then anything above? It's a base of dirt. Uh, they had or is it a, or is it amount system. of time? You get it will once you've offered time in service, you get the full percentage. I got you. And it's a small amount. All I think you have to do is just one year of active duty service, which is for the average enlistment is a quarter of your time. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's like one to two years. And then you can, can collect on hundred percent benefits for certain certain areas. And then the benefit is I think there is a cap amount, but they negotiate with the school. So if it's under that you're not going to get that full cap. Yeah. Um, so let's say let's say the, the but it's the like total... there's a cap amount for like a duration of 36 educational months, which spread over time is enough to go to a four year mm-hmm. system. It might actually be cutting it close yeah. on average, but 36 months of actual education time is what the the government pays out. Yeah. So for you to have to like. You've given of your time to then get that benefit. It's not like you just signed on the dotted line and they said, cool, now you get to go to free school and you could have dropped out or been discharged or whatever like a month in, right? Like yeah. there's there's obviously some sort of uh, protection in place that they're not just giving money away to people because you just like signed up and then you find a way to get out yeah. and then still get to reap the benefits, right? So, you know, I, I still think that that's totally stupid, but like the argument against a veteran being able to have schooling, right? But just to the student loan thing in general, it's like you like you chose to do that. Mm-hmm. Like why is it that every other area of our life like there isn't always necessarily a negative consequence, but every action has a ha, like everything that we do has some sort of consequence which could be positive, right? Yeah. It could totally be like, I bought this lottery ticket. And the consequence, I guess you could look at it, is like, I actually hit the jackpot, mm-hmm. right? So it's kind of more of a positive, I don't know, maybe, maybe people would think consequence sounds negative. But, you know, there's always some sort of 
react like actions always have some sort of reaction, right? Yeah. So like if you're choosing to go, then it should be your responsibility to pay it back. Period. Yeah. I don't see why yeah. that is. It goes back to like when we were talking about like the entrepreneur stuff. It's no different. And I think why well, I don't understand why these kids think like, yeah, I can just wash off this credit. Like, I mean, you want to operate and start businesses, right? And if it's in housing, we gotta go ask someone for a lot of fucking money, right? But then and, you say, oh, and you're like, and we're, we're like, we're gonna walk into it expecting to be like, yeah, thanks for the fifty thousand dollars plus fifty. I know I was supposed to pay you five percent, but if you can just go, yeah, ahead we're and doing. Like we're just that. gonna go ahead and knock that out. I'm gonna keep it. The the house didn't make that much profit as I was expecting, but. Don't worry about it. You can just go ahead and just wash that that debt. Yeah, just just totally swat. <laughs> yeah, like, like that's gonna line fly. It, line it out of the and legend, so right? You're like you're 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 teaching these kids at a young age that that's socially acceptable when they're gonna when it's not on this side. Like I can't fucking do that with my business, right? <laughs> The debts that you've created are the debts that you owe to. Those I can't people. go to the bank right now and say, "Yeah, um, thanks, guys. The house, it's great. I'm gonna hold on to it. Yeah, and I'm gonna just not pay my mortgage no more because I feel like that money can be better suited for my own needs. Right? I want a bigger screen TV or something. I've been wanting to work on knives. I would love a new fucking drill press for my shop. That'd be fucking rad, wouldn't it? <laughs> right? Hey, you and the banks it. just could be like. Yeah. No, you're, you're right, right. You're right. Yeah. You're right. We're sorry. We're sorry. Hey, to- totally. <laughs> Keep the house. Yeah. Keep the house. <laughs> no. Hey, hey, after you're you right. after you make your first one, go that ahead. Thirty year loan. Yeah. That year, thirty year loan. We we well, we gave you three uh, three hundred thousand dollars. Whatever. Yeah. Don't worry. You only paid us five months of it. Yeah. Don't worry. Keep it. <laughs> you're, you're good. <laughs> you're good. You know what? Yeah. You're now good. That you're you're right. talk, now that you're mentioning. You're right. My bad. Yeah. I apologize. Yeah. I thought you were going to pay me back, but you're good. You're good. <laughs> and, 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 since you, and since you mentioned it, go ahead and bring that first knife in. We'd love to see it. Yeah, yeah. When you find, when yeah. you take that, that mortgage that we're not going to collect from you no more, we'd, lo- we'd love to see that knife. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right? Not going to happen. So why are we washing yeah. this? Yeah, I don't know. So, so back to the like 16, like I guess just to kind of bring it full circle, like the 16 year old thing is the same thing. Like you've got to be kidding me that that sounds like a good idea, right? That a 16-year-old who has zero real responsibility and life experience, who has spent... Okay, I'm 33 years old, and I literally have... am just barely scratching the surface on politics of our country, Mm -hmm. right? And, and maybe that's my own doing, of, mm-hmm. but it also is just the way that it's worked out that it hasn't been until the last few years that I've went, man, like, I should be paying attention to this stuff. Yeah. You know, I feel like most people are pretty uneducated on... You know what I did when I was uneducated on it? I didn't vote. I, yeah, I, for I sure. like, purposely knew, like, for sure. wow, that's... I don't know anything about politics. I should probably let that to someone that's kind of... I hope... I For some reason, I was like naive thinking like someone that actually spent time reading the newspaper and actually following up on it and actually like gave a shit about the policy was in a better position to like kind of be in more control of it. I, I, I think I was naive in thinking that like because they knew, be- they knew more about 
all the nuance of it that they would they would be a good person and vote for the better of society. And I, I think I was wrong on that, that that thinking, but I was I think I was being honorable in my own thinking is like I don't know anything about it, so I'm not going to vote. Why would I? Why would I vote? When I don't like understand, why would I jeopardize right? Like right? something I don't. Know. It's like when anytime you're offering your opinion to a group of people, like you're a, a team of something, right? I think everyone should have a, a fair fair say. I've 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 changed my th- thinking on it, but I know I I know when people speak their mind, they oftentimes think like, well, I shouldn't have a say of what the group does because I really don't understand everything about it that's why we usually elect a leader to have the overall reigning authority um but it's a complex situation so for one for all these political stuff for me understanding and me learning on that stuff i always just said yeah that's beyond me Mm -hmm. let someone else have that one and i always just would did assuming that someone was gonna it was gonna be for the better but I grew up out of that thinking <laughs> later on in well, life. Well, I, I wish more, I want more people to get involved, but if they're going to vote, I'll, I, I fully believe like, okay, if you're going to vote, here's what you need to know. And then mm-hmm. use your better judgment, please. Mm-hmm. For sure. For sure. <laughs> please. Yeah. Which isn't going to happen, no. which hopefully means in general, it's not going to happen. I know people are going to be fishing. Um, no, but literally all it is, which is really sad, is like, how can we continue to manipulate people for the sake of winning? Right? Yeah. And at the, de- at, at, the, at, the, at the real detriment of the American people. Mm-hmm. So like for me, I, I think I've asked you this before, or just talking to someone, it's like, how do people look at the state of our economy right now in lots of ways? And literally be able to say, dude's crushing it. Yeah. He's crushing it. Biden's I crushing so, it. I have so much money in my pocket. He did great. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> hey, He's doing hey, great. Hey, we're thriving over here, yeah. right? Like, but apparently that's not enough, right? Mm-hmm. Because there really are people that are totally in his court that'll listen mm-hmm. to, to a speech that he gives that he can't even articulate right mm-hmm. that he sounds like who knows what he's talking about and to turn around and still go Psh, guys crushing it yeah like at what point did we lose all sense of standard mm-hmm. right all sense of like like having a decent bar mm-hmm. I, I remember even with like this most recent election i remember people saying and to some extent i believe there's truth to that statement but of all the people in this country, the two people that we that we basically have as our candidates are two freaking seventy-something-year-old men mm-hmm. fighting, duking it out about how many push-ups they can do against each other. Yeah, like, dude, what are we doing? Yeah, right. Like, I mean, we've lost all sense of like direction at times mm-hmm. of like what we what we stand for, what we're about, what kind of values we want to uphold. And that doesn't, that doesn't come without quote unquote progress and change. Yeah. Right. Like you can still have 
you know, you can have things that you're like, that's a little outdated. I, I agree with that. Like something that worked 20 years ago may not work as well now. Because yeah, you might have to relook at it. Because people are because people and culture and things are always changing. So I get that you can always reevaluate, but we've lost all sense, generally speaking, at least based on like this election and and the way things are going. Like we've also lost to some extent like a lot of those rooted foundational like values. Well, I brought it up uh, right? a couple like, hours ago when you went talking about that that uh, the, the the rock show you went to. The country music, yeah. Um, and shout out uh, someone. Someone made a uh, podcast, made a comment. Is like, when did when did uh, rock stars and musicians become complicit with the government? Yeah. Because yeah. they, you're like, in the seventies, it was always fuck the man, yeah. and now now everyone's very yeah. Now you're now you're utilizing your yeah. Now you're and utilizing so, your platform to be like, if you support this podcaster, then it's either me or him. <laughs> Like, no, it doesn't have to be that way. <laughs> it doesn't. It, it shouldn't be that way. But people are making it that way, yeah. right? And and I just think, and I mean, I feel like the the phrase that we've used a lot, um, clown world. Yeah, just a, it's literally just a clown world, dude. And and part of me is like, the fact that you and I can sit here and have a conversation and be like minded is enough to know that it's not totally dead. No. And I know that like. For example, the concert I went to yesterday was an entire arena full of probably 99% like-minded people. Yep. When, when he said from the stage, essentially, hey, thanks for being a sold-out crowd for me, and hey, you did it not being asked to wear a mask, and the entire arena roars yeah. with like excitement and, uh, and acknowledgement... That mm-hmm. like that's that's I mean I remember rolling up to the last I've I've been to two concerts in a week with my wife like we're big live music goers and we've had a, a pretty long season of of not really having had opportunity and like our girls being young and it's just hard to navigate that sometimes so we had the opportunity to go see one of our favorite bands on Thursday night it was yeah. close enough so we went to Paso and saw them uh-huh. and then we got to see the concert last night as well and. Both places was like, okay, what, what, what does that look like? Because we went to a, a concert in Vegas just another month previous. Yeah. And we had to show our proof of vaccination and or proof of a negative COVID test, right? It was an and or. And or. Yeah. Um, and then <laughs> we had to, and then moving like fast forward, it's like, okay, so how much of that's going to continue? Like mm-hmm. at what point, right? If ever, are people going to start lifting that right and as the state's kind of pulling some things and whatever i looked at both the venue in paso and i looked at the and i looked at save mart center which save mart center more than paso i anticipated no question you mm-hmm. have to provide it and both said effective april 1 uh-huh. because of california's lifting of mandates and blah 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 like you are no longer required to show proof or of uh, proof of vaccination this reminds me i should probably hit up one of my my friends, he's got his wedding coming up, and he put out the the, the invites, and I RSVP, and I, through the process, like one of the bottom line questions was like, are you are you, vaccinated? you are you vaccinated, and are you going to show proof of vaccination when you get there? And I'm like, and I hit him up. I was like, dude, what's with this? And he's like, oh, it's because of the venue and stuff like that is a requirement. I'm like, 
and, I'm like, and, are you all right with me still saying... I'm not doing that? I'm not doing that and still showing up? And he's like, balls in your court, dude. I'm like, okay. So that brings it up now. His wedding's next month. Oh, I need to find a fake vaccination yeah. card. <laughs> so, <laughs> should, so uh, I was like, putting that out there. Yeah. So or just cross my fingers and hope they just... So, forgot about so thankfully, I, I didn't have to do that. You think people forgot about COVID in Sacramento? Uh, I would, ironically, it's it's been maybe. like almost non-existent. So maybe. Dude, I saw, okay, remember how we talked early on? And, okay, so now we're bringing it back, right? I'll put now it out there we'll for people back. to email me. Um, if you have a copy of a fake COVID passport card, email it to me. <laughs> Via the <laughs> secret naked Derek version. Send it to me, please. I need a favor from someone, please. <laughs> and thankfully, I haven't had to do that. Uh, or Not on the to. next request. I, don't, I'm, I think I'm good. I'll just lie. But, but anyway, so it's like, but bringing it back around, it's like I stand in a room of thousands of people. That are like, yeah, like, up, to be like, there. like roaring with like positivity and like acknowledgement that like this, what are we even doing anymore? Yeah. Right. Is this you even like rock and roll? Is this, fucking e- is awesome. is this Fuck the man. Right? Is this even like a thing anymore? And then I literally was driving the other day mm-hmm. and again, just dumbfounded that I look over. You saw someone driving with their car by the car. herself with a mask on. And Still? like, yeah. Still people like, doing that? Like, is, that's what I'm saying. Is this still a thing? I walk, I, I know it's kind of rhetorical, but like I'll ask my wife, like, is this even still a thing? Because you'll see the occasional person that's still doing it. And you're like, dude, either I'm so, either the last few weeks have removed me so far from being around the conversation around COVID and masks and whatever, um, or it's just kind of going away. And, and I think, what I will acknowledge from a little earlier on, mm-hmm. you know, previous podcasts and such that I've listened to in months previous, that it's ironic in, in the midterms that magically all of this is going away. Yeah. And, and I think... You know, it's uh, how, like no one takes sick leave anymore yeah, for COVID yeah. anymore, like two months now. Yeah, totally. I don't know. I work around like 100 people. I don't know a single person that's had COVID. Totally. Got that free paid vacation yet. Yeah. And like how Greg Anderson, I think it's, I think it's Greg Anderson will say like, they literally squeeze it and then they kind of wring it out. They kind of like let, let, you know, let it out a little bit. And then as soon as they have an opportunity, they're going to squeeze it again. And they're kind of, you know, wring that towel out a little more. It's like, it's the same thing. So ironically, you have the Russia thing, which again, I, in the last couple of weeks, I couldn't tell you where where that's at. I I, I stopped listening. But you have that, that ironically happens at the same time that COVID is kind of going away. So mm-hmm. magically we get to kind of make one a little bit less, even though it's been the most disruptive thing in the history of our world at this point. With, right? Yeah, probably. Yeah. Right? With as much, which as big of impact. The economic turmoil yeah. and the social, yeah. the social like. With, with the lockdowns and like the severity of all that kind of stuff. This was bigger than Y2K. Yeah. <laughs> Y2K. Right? So, so you think. Y2K happened 20 years late. Yeah. So you, so you take that, right? And you say, that's pretty significant. And for that to just in a matter of a couple weeks, just kind of go bye-bye. 
and no one's talking about it anymore except for the random crazy person that's driving in their car with their with a mask on by themselves. Mm-hmm. Other than that, to see that ninety five, I still see an occasional person in the store or whatever. Dude, I listened to a podcast that was like most super people are not dated. These guys were talking about again. It was another Bitcoin and economics one, and they were talking about COVID, this thing called COVID and happening in China, and if it was. It's weird. <laughs> it's it really weird. I was like, they're like, yeah, they're talking about hey, this. Man, we don't know how serious um, it's going to be. We don't know how serious this is going to be, but we'll see how it is. And they're yeah. like, they were talking about how it might hurt like China's economics. And I was like, I didn't age very well. Yeah. <laughs> fast, fast <laughs> you didn't forward, age very fast well. Fast forward and I was wrecked <laughs> the world, right? <laughs> Just crazy madness. Clown world, dude. Cool, man. You got any closing thoughts? Yeah. We're wrapping it up pretty quick. Uh, you know, to be honest, I don't think I have any uh, any significant thoughts at this point. Um, what are we going to name this episode? I'm definitely four Crocs. Let me just... Let me just four Crocs. Let, let me just uh, like kind of lay out the conversation and maybe leave a nugget for each one, right? I'm definitely four, not against Croc wearing. Okay. Um, I am against... Correct, but that's <laughs> that's in the works. It's in the works. Yeah. And you're yeah. like, I'm gonna get you in four by four mode. Yeah, dude. <laughs> when I give you a set of four by fours, you, dude, you're gonna be pumped. Trust me. Um, and then you're gonna put your foot in and go, man, I can't believe like can't believe I've been missing out on this I can't marshmallow. Believe, like I've rubber, never done this before. This marshmallow rubber thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so definitely four Crocs. Um, contrary to my partner in crime, uh, as far as I don't know, I guess work and entrepreneurship and crypto like I would just I guess encourage kind of what I said earlier that you know the go only, after the their only, people the go only after. failure is not trying and I think that that's a pretty powerful statement that I need to remind myself of uh, voting I think is rad or not well voting is rad excuse jury me duty. jury duty uh, I think is rad and I'm excited to do it um, regardless if I'm the guy that sits in the movie room and that's mm-hmm. it or the guy that gets called in to be on the jury, like I'm, I'm excited about the process. Yeah. And uh, yeah, man. At the end of the day, we still live in a clown world. So there you go. Pretty much clown. I agree with the clown world statement. Yeah. Right. Cool. Clowns and Crocs. Clowns and Crocs. <laughs> Clowns and Crocs. It is. <laughs> All right. I'm good. I yeah. got no other closing statements. All right. Later, dude. Cool. See you. Bye.